Welcome to the Mavericks and Misfits podcast, where not quite fitting into the religious status quo is a good thing. Slick church trends deceive us. Denominational traditions can blind us. But truth from the heart of God always transforms us. And now, here's our host, a self-proclaimed ministry maverick and church misfit, Jeff Lyle. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas everywhere I go. Let me tell you something. God has not given me the gift of singing, but he has given me spiritual gifts. Welcome back to the Mavericks and Misfits podcast. This is your host, Jeff Lyle. I am grateful that you've tuned in. I am feeling the Christmas vibe. It is finding me. You know, the Christmas spirit is the Holy Spirit. That is absolutely correct. The Holy Spirit is the authentic Christmas spirit. And we are talking in these recent episodes of Mavericks and Misfits about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And we want to continue along those lines today. Uh, just a reminder, remind, excuse me, cannot talk. He's apparently not given me the gift of speaking today, but uh, let's press on. I, I want to remind you that you can find out more about Mavericks and Misfits and particularly the umbrella ministry that is over Mavericks and Misfits. That is the ministry called Transforming Truth that has been in existence since 2006. And we are a multimedia ministry that has been uh, on television since 2007 in my home state of Georgia. We've done radio, but primarily now we are working through media ministry online through our YouTube channel, our Roku channel, the Transforming Truth app. Um, what's interesting is we have chosen to keep Mavericks and Misfits off of all of our other platforms. So if you're listening to this, wherever you're listening to it, this is the only place we're disseminating it. You, wherever podcasts are found, you can capture trans, excuse me, Mavericks and Misfits, but you can't find it on our, any of our other channels. And so I'm glad that you have found us. Um, this ministry is dedicated to those of you that don't fit into the status quo version of Christianity. Therefore, you are a bit of a maverick and you have struggled at times to fit in in churches. Therefore, you are a misfit. But here's the thing that I always want to remind you of. You can be a maverick and you can be a misfit, but you can't be independent of other believers. And one of the reasons why I'm teaching on the gifts of the Holy Spirit is because all throughout the teaching in Scripture on the gifts of the Holy Spirit, we are reminded that the spiritual gifts are to accentuate our unity with one another. And so the Lord's not impressed by somebody who's super gifted, but doesn't want to connect to the other people in the body of Christ with their gifts. And so the gifts are to encourage us, to humble us, they're to help us minister to other people, but they are never to be um, taken and enjoyed independently of the body of Christ. And so please keep that in mind as we talk today about specific spiritual gifts and how we use them. That's the question I'm asking and I'm going to start to answer today. What are the specific gifts of the Holy Spirit and how do we use them and why do we use them? And so let's continue on in this thought. And again, most of the teaching in this series is going to come out of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 13, and 14. Please know that 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14 are essential. They are the crucial chapters on the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And Paul is writing to the church at Corinth, and Corinth was an uber-gifted church. They had lots of spiritual gifts. They had miracles, they had prophecy, they had tongues, they had interpretation of tongues, they had uh, healings, they had words of knowledge, words of wisdom, and so on and so on. But the one thing that they lacked, as we'll talk about when we get into chapter 13, is they lacked love and they lacked maturity. So they had all of these gifts, but they weren't using them responsibly. And so Paul writes the letter of 1 Corinthians and 
Um, part of the bulk of what he wrote is to correct these Corinthian believers on how they were misusing the spiritual gifts. And what's amazing to me is a lot of people today don't believe in the gifts of the spirit because they've seen the gifts of the spirit be misused or abused by charismatics or other people. And they say, well, if that's what the gifts of the spirit are all about, then I don't want to have anything to do with it. That stuff must not be real because these guys don't use the gifts the way they're supposed to be used. Well, very interestingly, in the first century, there were people that were misusing and abusing the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And Paul never said, stop using the gifts. Those things are dangerous and you don't know how to use them. Do you know what Paul said? Well, at the end of chapter 12 of 1 Corinthians, he said, no, actually, Corinthians, you guys are operating outside of love. You're not using the gifts properly in all the instances. But here's what you need to do. You need to pursue more earnestly the spiritual gifts. Isn't that crazy? In our day, we say, well, they're not using the gifts right, so nobody used the gifts. Nobody pursued the gifts. We don't believe in the gifts because they've, they've just been used wrongly. And Paul said in his day, Corinthians, you're using the gifts wrongly. You need to learn how to love. You need to grow in maturity. But whatever you do, never stop using the gifts. As a matter of fact, keep pursuing spiritual gifts. And so I want to just speak that word out to any of you that are still skeptical or you have discerned the abuse or misuse of spiritual gifts. Uh, let me just give you this. When you see the abuse and misuse of gifts, never buy into the disuse of gifts. Abuse and misuse should not turn to disuse. What we need is the correct use of the spiritual gifts. And that's what I want to talk to you a little bit about today. What are these specific gifts and how do we use them? So thanks for tuning in to Mavericks and Misfits. 1 Corinthians 12 verse 7 says this, To each, and it means each Christian, to each Christian is given the manifestation of the spirit for the common good. And then after this, Paul starts listing the gifts, but I want to start right here in verse seven. Paul is declaring the purpose of spiritual gifts. Here it is to each Christian. There is given a manifestation of the spirit. Why? Why did God give a manifestation of the spirit to every Christian for the common good? It is that basic. God gave spiritual gifts to Christians that they might manifest and they might be used for good in the lives of other Christians. That's it. There are, they, they are ministry tools that everybody, when using their spiritual gift, the purpose is to build up the body of Christ. That is a far cry from what we see today with a lot of people exercising spiritual gifts where they're, you know, sounding their own trumpet or they want to come off as the great man or the great woman of God. And they want to be known as Mr. or Mrs. Prophetic or the high, holy rolling apostle of so-and-so. And guys, come on, that is not what the Bible teaches. The gifts are given by God to the people whom he wants to give those gifts. He withholds gifts from those that he says, this gift is not for you. I don't want you to operate in this gift because I've given you this other gift. And so it takes all the pride away. And we're not supposed to be using it to build up our fame or our reputation or our impressive resume. We're just supposed to use the gifts for the common good. And so now he's going to talk about what these gifts are. And again, if you want to know as much about spiritual gifts as you can, study 1 Corinthians 12, study Romans chapter 12, study 1 Peter 4, and study Ephesians 4, 2 12s and 2 4s, 1 Corinthians 12, Romans 12. 1 Peter 4, Ephesians 4. And although I don't believe that that is a full list of all available gifts, that's a great launching point. And so we're going to go over some of them right now. And so Paul says, he's going to start talking about communication gifts here. He says, to one person, to one is given through the Spirit the word of wisdom or the utterance of wisdom. 
And to another Christian, it's the utterance of knowledge or the word of knowledge. But here he says, but it's according to the same spirit. So mark this down. There's one Holy Spirit. And through the one spirit, one Christian gets the gift of the utterance of wisdom or the word of wisdom. Another Christian doesn't get the word of wisdom, but they get something slightly different. They are given by God in his infinite wisdom. They're given the word of knowledge. But Paul says, but it's according to the same spirit. So there's not different flavors of the Holy Spirit. I don't mean that irreverently, but sometimes you wonder if people believe that. There's only one Holy Spirit. And so he says to this one Christian, I have chosen to sovereignly bestow upon you the gift of a word of wisdom. And what does that look like? Well, we're not really unpacked and given full detailed explanations of a lot of the gifts. Um, they, were, they were just kind of real in the first century, and they weren't debated, so they weren't, <laughs> they weren't really unpacked for explanation because there was no a debate around them. Everybody flowed in a gift, and so if you're part of a local congregation in the first century, you're meeting in homes, you're meeting in houses, you're meeting in fields, but everybody got to see these gifts on display at various levels. And so when Paul's writing about the word of wisdom or the utterance of wisdom or the utterance of knowledge or the word of knowledge, everybody's like, yeah, we know what that gift is because we've seen it at work. And what it seems to be is a supernatural endowment for a person to speak the wisdom of God that they could not have known apart from the, the, the spirit of God. So something comes out of their mouth and it has the wisdom of God and everybody hears it saying, oh, wow, that was from the Lord. Well, that's called the gift of wisdom, the utterance of wisdom, the word of knowledge might be even more impacting in certain ways because the word of knowledge is somebody communicating through the Holy Spirit something that it would be impossible for them to know unless the Holy Spirit had revealed it. And so word of knowledge is a very powerful gift because what it lets people know is, oh my goodness, this person's reading my mail. This person knows what's going on in my heart. It's, it's a prophetic gifting. And so the Lord is saying through these scriptures that, yeah, he gives one person that gift and then he gives another person a different gift. And so some of these gifts are meant for communication. And that's where we see the word of knowledge and the word of wisdom. Then you've got a different kind of gift. I want to encourage some of you with this. This is a gift I pray for all the time for myself. I pursue this gift. He says, to another is given faith by the same spirit. That's a pretty amazing statement. Faith, in one sense, is a gift of the Holy Spirit. It is a charisma. It's the same word to describe faith. It's in the same list with gifts like tongues and miracles and prophecy and wisdom and knowledge. And faith is given, the gift of faith. What does that mean? Well, it seems to indicate a um, unique level, a unique level of absolute certainty and trust in God in a specific situation. There are just some people, my wife is one of them, by the way, if you don't know Amy Lyle, uh, I feel sorry for you because she's the most awesome human being on the planet. And Amy Lyle has always, since we've been married, operated with a high charisma, a high gift of faith. She trusts God more easily than I do. And she flows in that. And sometimes that faith is seen in crisis situations where she knows the Lord's going to come through. Sometimes it's in um, opportunities where she steps out in faith. And Amy was in her early 40s when she got radically impacted by the Holy Spirit and her whole trajectory of ministry changed. She had been doing worship for decades since she was a teenager. But she got an anointing for proclamation and prophecy, and it radically changed the trajectory of her ministry, and she had to have faith to say yes. Sometimes faith is to engage in a business opportunity or a kingdom opportunity or a ministry opportunity, but it's that, that 
union of heart, mind, and soul, and spirit that says, God is for me. God's got this. I'm going to do this for the glory of God. And the Holy Spirit sometimes bestows a very uncommon level of faith in certain people. Um, Just remember, when you meet people like that, it's because God has given them that gift. Ask for it yourself. It's a very important gift as it is connected to the next gifts. Again, we're asking, what are some specific gifts and how do we use them? Well, you've got the gifts, plural, gifts of healings, plural, by the one spirit and to another, the working of miracles. I I find this noteworthy. Again, I'm a teacher of the scripture, so I I not only read the words of scripture, I look how they're put together. I'm I'm relying on the Holy Spirit to give me wisdom as I teach and and preach these over the years. But faith, the, the, the gift of faith is connected immediately in the next verse to gifts of healings and the working of miracles. And so when you see somebody that is gifted in working miracles, and I do believe with all confidence, there are people today that are working miracles simply through the power of the Holy Spirit. And to them, it seems so normative. It seems so easy. It seems so natural. They may wonder sometimes, why isn't this person, the Lord said, go out and heal the sick. And the Lord said, raise up the sick and heal the sick and, and perform miracles and signs and wonders. And most people in the body of Christ don't do that. They just don't. They may believe in it, but we don't see a ton of people really walking in high levels of miraculous power and, and healings. I do believe we're going to see that as the end of the age approaches. There's, I think God's going to raise up a, a, like a, a gigantic, massive throng of little healing evangelists, and it's going to be teenagers and grade schoolers, and it's going to be elderly people. It's going to be people that aren't in the prime of their life or don't have any ability to take the credit for it. And I think it's going to come through childlike faith. I think the Lord's going to say, yeah, I can trust, I can entrust this gift to somebody who is childlike and just simply relies on me to give the strength and the ability to heal and to work miracles. And by the way, we still need that. We need the gifts of healings. It's plural gifts for plural healings. I believe that some people are gifted by God in a certain realm of bringing healing, and they may be ineffective in a different type of healing that needs to be. I know somebody that's great in delivering and anointed by God in delivering people from demons. And so there is an anointing for the miracle of delivering people from demons, but that same person has not seen the breakthroughs in the physical realm of healings, healing the sick and the lame and the maimed. So what do we take with that? Well, it's that God has given them absolute certainty that they can be used by God in this one area of healing, whereas they're growing in their need and faith in the other area of healing. And then, of course, you've got further down, you've got this issue of prophecy. Now, we're going to take our time with prophecy in in at least two messages. And right now, Prophecy is being laughed at in the American culture because a number of well-known, I mean, like a ton of well-known prophets, men and women that have great reputations in the prophetic and those that um, have wholly consecrated lives and love the Lord, but they made a lot of prophetic declarations over the outcome of the election. And at the time of this recording, it still hasn't been certified who's going to be our next president. I know what the media says and all of that, but these prophets have said that Donald Trump will win. Now, if Donald Trump ends up losing, there, there are people that are standing in line waiting to say, aha, prophecy is a sham. There is no prophecy. They all got it wrong. Well, I'm just going to tell you this. You never, ever judge the validity of a spiritual gift based on how it's used by any individual. 
because the first century church, it's very clear, prophecy was a massive part of the first the life of the first century church. And unless you can show me somewhere in the Bible where it says that prophecy has right now failed, and we've already dealt with that topic in a previous message on debunking the myth of cessationism. If you didn't listen to that podcast, you need to go listen to that podcast. But for the time being, I'll just say this. Prophecy is the human articulation of a divine revelation. It, it is the human mouth speaking and communicating what God is divinely revealing. And I'll just say this before moving on. Prophecy is always going to be consistent with Scripture. It cannot be from God if it contradicts Scripture. And so please remember that. If anybody ever prophesies over you and they say, it's okay for you to leave your spouse because God has picked out another one for you. That is not a prophet sent from God. It's a false prophecy. Why? Because the Bible does not commend us leaving our spouse for somebody else that is supposedly going to make us happy. So we've got to think about prophecy. Prophecy is hearing the voice of God in the spirit and then having the ability to articulate what you've heard in accuracy. And then the Bible tells us that we are to test prophecies, that we are to hold to that which is good and we are to release that which is not good. And you won't find that in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, the prophet gave the word of God. And if it was not coming to pass, then that prophet had the potential to be stoned to death as a false prophet. You don't find that in the New Testament. We are told in the New Testament, we prophesy in part. We're told in the New Testament, you have to test the prophecies. Why would you have to do that? Because the human element, God entrusts the gift of prophecy to humans. But just like any other gift, it can be misused. They can get it wrong. I'm sorry, I'm getting off on a tangent here, but listen, could you imagine if we treated all the gifts in the church the way we treat prophecy? People say, well, prophecy, I'm telling you what, it can't be a gift because people get it wrong all the time. Well, let me ask you this. Do people get leadership wrong? Do you, have you ever heard of a leader in the body of Christ that did not lead according to the spirit of God? Of course you have. But nobody says leadership isn't a gift. What about the, the, the gift of teaching? Is, is there ever been error in teaching in the church? Well, of course there has been error in teaching, but nobody says, well, because of that, teaching's no longer a valid gift. You see how inconsistent cessationism is? Cessationism says in part, well, if the gifts were real, we'd see the success rate all the time because we don't see the success rate at the rate we're comfortable with. We're going to say the gift is no longer valid. And that's a shame because you're judging the word of God based on human experience. And human experience can sometimes get it right and sometimes get it wrong. And for those of you that flow in prophecy, you need to abide and be consecrated. You need to be careful not to toss out flippant, reckless words and attach the name of the Lord to it. And when you get it wrong, don't make excuses. You own it. And if you're consistently getting it wrong, you need to recognize you may not have the gift of prophecy. You may have the desire to prophesy, which is a good thing. But if you are consistently getting it wrong, then something is wrong, not with God, but with your ability to hear or articulate from God, and you have to slow down, get low, consecrate yourself, fast, pray, and cry out to God to where you know you're hearing his voice before you prophesy. All right, we're going to come back to that one later in a different podcast. So again, what are the gifts? How do we use them? Well, we've touched on the word of knowledge. We've touched a little bit on the word of wisdom. We've touched a little bit on the gift of faith. We've touched on the working of miracles and the gifts of healings. Let me wrap up with this one. And we're going to talk about spirit-powered discernment. That is a charisma. Part of the charismata, the gifts of the spirit, is the charisma, singular, of the ability to discern spirits. 
And what that's talking about there is to be able to see into the demonic realm, to be able to see the angelic realm, the demonic realm, and to see people that are being influenced by demonic spirits. And they are able to distinguish between this type of spirit and that type of spirit, a holy spirit and unholy spirit. You know, I believe one of the, one of the expressions of the, the ability, the gift, the Holy Spirit empowered gifting to discern between spirits, it, it comes with age. Now, there are some young people that are from a very young age given the ability to discern spirits, but part of it is as we grow in wisdom and we learn human nature and we learn more about the kingdom, our spiritual eyes become more focused and we are able to clearly discern the movement of demonic spirits in the midst. They work through human agents, and a lot of times people don't even know they're being used by demonic spirits. I can't tell you how many times I have been in situations and I suddenly, like a conflict or a very dangerous situation or a, a heated um, you know, argument or a division, and all of a sudden I recognize, oh, I'm not dealing with flesh and blood here. This is not just boys behaving badly. This is not just somebody being a, a pain or a problematic person. This is literally somebody being influenced by a demonic spirit. And so you change your ability, uh, you change your technique and go for the ability to deliver that person from that demonic spirit rather than just addressing their outward behavior. You, you begin to discern, oh, something's going on on the inside of this person. The devil is, is at work here. Demons are at work here. And listen, that's an incredibly important gift, and we need people in our churches to be able to discern demonic spirits and to be able to distinguish between uh, a bad human spirit in the flesh versus an unholy fallen spirit, a demon or fallen angel coming through a person. And those of you that have this gift, by the way, let me encourage you. You're not called to see a demon behind every shrub. Not everything is a demonic spirit. I've, I've heard of the demon of nail biting before. I've heard of, you know, the demon of gout. I've heard of all of these different weird fringe kind of things that people just, they automatically touch, uh, they attach a demonic entity to everything that's negative. Friends, just remember, sometimes it's just the flesh. And sometimes we live in a fallen world, so it's just things that are going awry. Not everything is a demon. But I will say this. I do think a lot more is demonically fueled than we are recognizing here in the 21st century church. And so may God raise up men and women that have the gift of the Holy Spirit to discern between spirits. And then I'm going to finish today with an intro into the very controversial gift of tongues. Okay, so most of you that are listening are at the very least curious about the spiritual gifts, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Some of you are flowing in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and it all began when you began speaking in tongues. And I just want to tell you this. I love the gift of tongues. I thank God for the gift of tongues. And when we teach a couple of podcast episodes on the gift of tongues, you're going to find out that I make a distinction between praying in tongues, which I believe is possible for every single human being. And I'll tell you why I believe that in those upcoming episodes. When I say human being, I'm talking about saved people. I'm not talking about for the unregenerate, but every saved person, I believe, can pray in the spirit or pray in tongues. I think those are overlapping uh, descriptions there. But I make a distinction between that and the prophetic gift of tongues. 
And the prophetic gift of tongues is used in the gathered assembly, and Paul is going to give us some stipulations about how that gift is to be used. So the prophetic gift of tongues is meant to bring a revelation to the church, again, for the building up, for the common good, for helping people in their faith. So when the church is gathered together, that's not the time to get caught up on your prayer language. Now hear me on this because we, we, we see flagrant violations of, of this all the time where people just indiscriminately busting out in loud tongues in the middle of a service just because they're getting their worship experience on. They're singing or they're proclaiming and there's unbelievers in the room. And the, the Bible actually puts guards rail, guardrails against that. We're not to be indiscriminately just going off in tongues. I'm not saying you can't pray in tongues in your church service, but I'm going to tell you, if you're the loudest person in the room praying in tongues, your motives probably need to be checked. Because unless there's an interpretation, that gift that you're using doesn't profit anybody but you, and you can do that some other time. Paul says, literally, you can have that faith between God and yourself. That means use that prayer language privately, but when the church comes together, you have this gift of prophetic tongues. And what that requires is a person with the gift of tongues to receive a message in tongues and by faith to release that message under the leadership of the elders of that house, the authority in that church. You respect and honor the authority in your local church. And if you have an agreement with that authority in your church, that human authority, then you can release that tongue at the appropriate time. But there needs to be an interpretation of that tongue. Because through the interpretation, the supernatural unknown language of the tongues of men and angels is given an articulation that is in a commonly known language. And therefore, it serves as a word of prophecy. And it just has that extra layer of coming through tongues and then the interpreter. One of the things that I think we need to be equally zealous about as I wrap up today is we need people to rise up with the gift of the interpretation of tongues. I'm actually in a season where I'm praying that for myself. Oftentimes, I, I interpret tongues when I'm praying by myself. I will pray in tongues for 10 minutes, and God will give me an interpretation of it. And so I find the interpretation connected as I am praying in English after praying in tongues. But what we need in our church services, in our gatherings, in our small groups, in our house churches, in our Bible studies, is the ability in a very small group for, for somebody to release a short word in tongues and then to have somebody say, I believe I have the interpretation of it. And friends, listen, that's why we're told to pursue these gifts. We're not told to presume upon the gifts. We're not told to fake the gifts. We're not told to just go on our own little fleshly way and tangent and then say it's spiritual gifts. This is serious stuff. This is ministry. This is building up people. This is standing as representatives of Jesus Christ in the person of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is not a toy. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are not tricks. They're tools. And so may God in your church, in your generation, in your own life, increase the gifting that he has given you. May he unpack it. May you pursue it and want it and go after it. Why? Because the manifestation of the Spirit is for the common good. What good is it to have the Holy Spirit, in this sense, if he's not manifesting? And the Bible says he manifests for the common good to build up other people. And sometimes it's going to be a word of wisdom. Sometimes it's going to be a word of knowledge. Sometimes it's going to be an endowment of supernatural faith at a higher level than just being saved and trusting God. It is faith to act in the moment. For others, it's going to be healings and miracles. and others, it's going to be prophetic words. And some, it will be distinguishing and discerning the spirits that are at work. And for some, it's going to be tongues and the interpretation of tongues. And friends, here's the thing. God says, would you like more spiritual gifting than earnestly desire them? 
And later on, he's going to tell us in chapter 14, pursue them eagerly, especially that you may prophesy. So the next time we gather together, I'm going to move from 1 Corinthians chapter 12 into Romans chapter 12, and we're going to go over some gifts that nobody really argues about. These are the least supernatural looking gifts, but they're all of the same Holy Spirit. And so some of you who maybe aren't flourishing in miracles and signs and wonders and discerning of spirits and the interpretation of tongues and you know healings and things like that, the, the question would be, do you still understand that God has gifted you? And we're going to talk about stuff like serving gifts, um, teaching gifts, exhortation, which is just encouragement, the gift of giving, the gift of leading, the gift of mercy, oh my goodness, and the gifts of helps and administration. So those are coming up in an upcoming episode. So as I say goodbye today, I want to again remind you, check out transformingtruth.org. That is the umbrella ministry of Mavericks and Misfits podcast. Check out the website. If you're interested in reading about my journey from the world of a Baptist fundamentalist pastor into the world of the gifts of the Holy Spirit and figure out what in the world happened to Jeff Lyle. How did that guy go from one camp to another? I want to encourage you to take an opportunity and get a copy of my book, Figuring It Out As I Go. It is a book that I wrote shortly before, I completed shortly before I was diagnosed with cancer. I plan on doing a follow-up to that book to tell you what I've figured out since I've been going since cancer. Uh, We've beaten and battled, battled and beaten cancer, but the book, Figuring Out As I Go, um, has lots of my testimony in it and the great things that God has done. It's really a book about him and how he worked through my broken childhood, my addictions, my um, involvement in the occult with drugs and um, and then how he rescued me not only from my sin and my addictions in a day. I was instantly delivered from a 10-year uh, battle and bondage of alcohol and drugs but then he also set me free later from dead man's religion. I got saved and immediately became a legalist and a Pharisee and entered into the world of um, fundamentalist religion and how he delivered me out of that into the fullness of the Holy Spirit. And there, the book also contains um, some encounters that I had, some demonic encounters that I had, also my encounter with the Holy Spirit in the year 2003 that I have never been the same since. And um, probably the single most powerful encounter I ever had in my life was in the company of a, a prophet from Nigeria whose name was Jude, and that's included in the book. And I think it's a great holiday gift if you want to give it to somebody. And if, he, if you know people that don't believe in the gifts, get a copy of the book because I dedicate two chapters on and showing why the gifts of the Holy Spirit are not only valid and real, but why they're absolutely necessary for every single one of us. So listen, that'd be a great Christmas gift. If you want to bless us and our ministry by getting a copy, go to jefflyle.com, order figuring it out as I go. You can also get it on amazon.com, audible.com, and pretty much anywhere that you buy books. We'd love for you to get a copy of that into your hands. So God bless you. Merry Christmas. Keep tuning in to Mavericks and Miss. Don't forget, if you like this broadcast, wherever you're listening to it, give us a five-star rating or at least a four-star rating and let people know about it and let's continue to get the word of God out. We'll see you next time. God bless you. Thank you for listening to today's Mavericks and Misfits podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, rate, and review Mavericks and Misfits with Jeff Lyle on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Your review helps us to reach more people and spread the unfiltered message of Jesus. And don't forget that you can connect with Jeff's social media links at maverickmisfit.com. We look forward to reconnecting with you on our next episode.